This week we have somebody who's going to share with us, their heart with us, that has never shared in our pulpit before. And so I'm going to invite Scarlett to come on up. And she's going to be encouraging us and challenging us, I know, because I got to see some of the notes. <laughs> Father, we just lift Scarlett up to you this morning as she shares those things that you've placed on her heart, as she encourages us, as she challenges us, as she uh, helps to lead us in a direction and in our thinking and the way we think about things. Father, we just we bless her and ask that your word would dwell richly in her as she shares with us. We open our hearts and our ears to hear what you want to say to us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty. It's been a long time since I've spoken in front of people, and usually they were people I didn't know. But um, anyway, I bet you all can guess what I'm going to talk about as the youth leader. I'm going to be talking about our teens today. You all have heard the quote, the youth are our future. But I want to correct that statement, the youth are now. And they always have been. There is this collective worldly thinking that youth lack experience, that they lack understanding, and they can't show self-control. Youth are immature. They're punks, rebellious, indignant. The list of negatives to describe a group of people trying to figure out who they are goes on. And unfortunately, those words are heard a lot of the times from mature role model adults. Did you know that it takes 10 positives? Hi, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> it takes... 10 positive words to counteract one negative. Let that sink in for a moment. 10 positive words to negate one negative thing. Teens hear negative things about themselves all the time. That list is a lot longer than the one that I just gave you earlier. But let's reel back for a moment. As Christians, we know that the youth can be a strength, and there are multiple examples in the Bible. For starters, Esther. She was probably 15 or 16 when she married a king and then went before him knowing that she might lose her life, but she did it to save hundreds of her people, a complete nation. Then we have David, who was probably 16 or 17, when he defeated a giant, Goliath, he walked out there with slingshot, stones, and God. We have more and more examples. Mary, mother of Jesus, Daniel, Jeremiah, Timothy, the list goes on. God also speaks directly to us to remind us of how important lifting our youth up. Most obviously is the verse, 1 Timothy 4.12, which is actually our Voyager Youth Group Verse. And it goes, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, and in faith. God is calling the youth to rise up in the spirit and not be afraid to live by faith and in their conviction. With this, we, the adults, are to encourage them Yet even in church culture, many times youth is ignored and looked down upon. The teenage years are often the years that shape 
what you believe about the world around you, but what you also believe about yourself. The truth can be muddled by peers, by what's being taught at schools, by other adults just in daily life. And I'm not just talking about parents either, like all adults. When it comes to teen faith, one in every nine loses their faith by the time they're 18. Completely. Four in ten stop attending church. The number one reason, the church is hypocritical. The number two reason, they're not connecting with people in the church. Teens have been discouraged and downtrodden by the church at large. But we can change that perception. In Jeremiah 1, 6 through 8, God is telling Jeremiah that he wants him to be a prophet and a man of God. But Jeremiah replies, Oh Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. Stop there for a moment. He used the word youth as a negative. Behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. That shouldn't be a negative thing. But in verse 7, God's response, The Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send to you, and you shall speak to all... Wait. You shall speak what I command of you. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. He is commanding Jeremiah not to speak ill of himself and then also encouraging him and telling him how important he is and that he is to rise in his faith and fear no more. Again, in Ecclesiastes eleven nine, the youth are blessed with endearment and encouragement. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth and let your heart cheer you in the days of the youth, of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. I know that ending sounds a little odd, but let's use this to segue back into the way teens are viewed today. In this passage of Ecclesiastes, the youth are having to figure out what the worldly half-truths are and how to come up into their convictions. Teens are often one of the most targeted age groups for being broken down and cast aside. They are thirsty for acceptance, identity, and love, so they latch on to anyone who gives them positive feedback. Yet there is this constant wave of discouragement hurled at them, not just by their peers, but also by adults. And if you don't think it's happening or happened to your teens, you're wrong. I want to give you a brief part of my experience growing up with the high school equestrian team. You see, I had a dream to become a horse trainer, and I was doing it in the summers with my coach. Um, I was also giving horse lessons, and I was one of the top riders in the entire state of Oregon. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition, but... I can't say that I regret where I am in life today. I can say I missed a lot of great opportunities, and my path would have been much different than it is today. Now, my parents have always encouraged me, so this is in no way a reflection of them. But the very adults 
who should have been encouraging my dreams, were breaking me down. That saying, sticks and stones, well, yes, they may break my bones, but words most definitely hurt me. My own coaches would tell me I couldn't do that, that it was unattainable, that I wasn't good enough, that I was too opinionated. I mean, that one's a given, though. (laughs) Um, That I needed this, that, or the other thing, and I couldn't get there. They also encouraged us to do things that were wrong. To give you a specific example, um, we were getting ready to do a Working Fours event. And some of you saw the video I posted online of the event. But for those of you who didn't, it's where four of us riders would go out. We had flags and we would do mirror image patterns to music. It was really intense and really fun. Well, it's illegal in the rule book, in the new rule book that we had that year, to put glitter on our pants. Some teams couldn't afford it. And so they kind of made the playing field a little even. And what do you think my coaches sprayed on our pants before we went out to perform? Glitter. So then you have another team who did everything right, and they took us before the committee and turned us in. And the committee asked us why we did it. And I felt like we should tell the truth, because I had told them from the very beginning, hey, we can't do this. It's it's in the rule book. And they just scoffed at me and ignored me. My coaches. These are adults. Um, So we went before the committee, and I told the coaches, come on, let's just tell them the truth. Even if we get disqualified, like, we should tell them the truth. They all agreed. And then you know what happened when we went before the committee? They lied. They said they didn't know. It was a new rule. They are so sorry. And probably if we had just told them the truth anyway, they would have still been fine. But that wasn't the case. We didn't get disqualified, but I felt humiliated and guilty. I was, I was supposed to trust these people. They were my leaders. They were my mentors. These were the people who were supposed to be encouraging me to do what was right. And they weren't. I was even told to shut up about the incident by these coaches. These were the people that I looked up to. This type of behavior behavior persisted all four years. By the fourth year on the team, I was miserable enough to not even want to live. Really. I felt worthless. I felt like I didn't have a purpose. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life anymore. I was supposed to be a horse trainer. What am I going to do now? You know what the youth in this church tell me about today? Yes, their peers are bullying them on social media and at school. But adults are literally ignoring them, making generational jokes about them that are not funny, misunderstanding them, writing them off, telling them that they're ignorant, and then not telling them why and what they're ignorant about. And the list continues. This has created an even bigger problem. I don't know if you know, but teen suicide has almost reached epidemic proportions. In the last four years, teen suicide has gone up 32%. And that's before the pandemic. It's only gotten worse. They have been dubbed the lost generation. In our area alone, in the last year, we've had three. One from Mac, one from Amity, and recently, I just found out, a suicide in Sheridan. 
That's three too many. The leading cause for their despair is being told they're worthless by their peers and adults alike. And then we add a pandemic, and like I said, things just continue to get worse. We as the body of Christ are tasked to do one very important thing, and that is to spread the gospel. And that gospel is hope and purpose. The words we use are like breath to another's life. They are important. As adults, our self-control when it comes to speaking about our teams, teens also matters. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. We are tasked to actively engage with our youth and lift them up. Last year, right before the pandemic, I showed you guys a video of a Christ in Youth conference. It was something that I attended uh, twice when I was in high school. At this annual event that I attended, it was something that impacted me positively, which counteracted the negative that I had had during school, which was great and life-saving. Every adult at that conference was there to pour life into teens. They prayed over us every day. Adults listened to our doubts and concerns. Then they encouraged us to go and read our Bibles, to pray about it, to actively be in the spirit. The worship leaders would eat dinner with us, talk with us, rejoice with us, be absolutely silly with us. It was awesome. Totally. Because you also think, you know, like the worship singers and, and all these people with bands, you know, they're so much cooler than the rest of the world. But <laughs> not saying that's true, but, you know, uh, adults were there to tell us we were important to God, that we could do anything through Christ who strengthens us right now as teens, that we were created for a purpose and we're not to be silent bystanders waiting our turn to act out our faith. It is time for the church to exercise lifting the youth up in their identities in Christ. Morgan is a really good singer, but did you also know she's really good at art? Allie has a massive talent for playing different instruments. Worship team, maybe... Ashton has a talent for coming up with innovative ideas and talking with the other kids that nobody else talks to. Devin is an encouragement machine. Love that kid. Jason is really good at video games. Mickey, Angelique, Samantha, Tony, athletes, and amazing at that. Tony is also great with tech and video editing. Lily is an awesome little thinker. She really, really can challenge you to think outside of yourself. Josiah and Damien are great at talking about any subject and engaging with shy kids. I met Shay on Friday night. She's from Coast Hills, and she wants to be a youth leader, which is very, very much needed. And she's also been able to talk to another peer and talk them out of suicide. That is a powerful gift that she has been given. So with that, I have five practical actions we can take to uplift our, church, our 
youth as a church, even more so than just words. One, plan to go to events. Our teens are in sports, band, choir, uh, scouts, drama, the list goes on. When events like these start up again, take the time out of our schedules and we got to show up every once in a while. It doesn't have to be every football game. It doesn't have to be every scouts awards, but every once in a while, let's show these teens that we love them and support them. But not only that, it becomes a witness to the community that we support our youth in our church. Two, maybe the more cliche one, but prayer. But let's be intentional and specific about what we pray for. Pray for them to be hopeful, happy, faithful, impactful. Praying that they become all that God intends for themselves and for their communities. We can also start praying with them. Remember when I said the number two reason was they couldn't connect? Prayer is a powerful way to connect. Go and ask them what you can pray for them. Go and pray wisdom into them. Pray the Holy Spirit with them. Coming together, uplifting them and guiding them. Prayer is a powerful tool, great way to connect, and these are the kids who are looking up to us to be the example of love, hope, peace, and grace. Let's act it out. Three, volunteer time. I know we are all very, very busy, but remember, these are some of the most formative years in this person's life. We adults can volunteer our time. And where you ask, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Wednesday night youth group, for one. It doesn't have to be an every week commitment. Anne volunteers her art expertise once a month at our art nights. Did you even know we had art nights? We do. If you have a talent, let me know about it. When I was in youth group, we also had volunteer speakers that gave testimonies every once in a while. And each and every one of us has a testimony to share. Jim has volunteered time by going out of his way to hire Tim teens to help him out around the farm, teaching them and showing them the potential they have to work. Also, he equips them for going down to a and doing the missions every two years, I think. Yeah, two years. He lets teens do that, being a part of something bigger than themselves. Kimberly, she asks teens to just come and help her do things around the house. And she doesn't even have to pay them in anything but pizza. It's a great way to connect. I mean, you can talk when you're, when you're doing things together. School have, schools have volunteer opportunities for people who aren't just parents. And there are many organizations that need volunteers for at-risk teens. Four. Watch for opportunities. We also can be watching in our day-to-day lives for opportunities to lift our youth. When you see teens walking around the neighborhood, don't be creepy, but smile and wave. Well, when you don't have to wear a mask, I guess. Heck, ask them if they're having a good day. I even challenge you, if they say they're not having a good day, to ask if you can pray with them and for them. That will change the perception of how they see us as the church. 
Take the time to engage with the youth here at church too. Ask about some of the things they like. If you don't like them, ask them to explain about it. If you still don't like it, you're lost. <laughs> Encourage their dreams. Challenge them in their faith. Speak of their identity in Christ and how important they are. They will take those words to heart and then they will go out and share those with others. If you see a teen looking distraught or upset, ask them if they need help. Don't just walk by, even if it's just to call somebody else for them. Yeah, they're not scary. Teens are not scary. And the last thing, and probably the most important thing in this day and age, social media. Let's so show some self-control with what we post about the younger generations. Let's type and write and blast their potential to everybody. Let's show off their achievements. Let's bless them in the name of the Holy Spirit. Let's post videos about cool things that they are doing to their community to impact it for Christ. Let's show the world that the church values its young. It doesn't eat them and spit them back out. All of these things can remind teens of who they are in Christ. And they can make an impact. In the name of Jesus, they can take down Goliaths. In faith, they can save nations. And they can trust in a God that has their best interests at heart. They don't have to fear because they have a church that guides them and is behind them. We, the church, are to become a light for a generation that is losing hope. God has gifted us with a task to raise up our youth. You see, the youth have never just been the future to God. The youth have always been what the world needs now. Amen. Did you expect anything else from her? <laughs> Some of you have gotten to see for the first time what some of us have been getting to see for the last little while as God has brought Scarlett into relationship and into leadership here. You know, she read a bunch of different names of kids, and I'll bet most of you didn't recognize at least half those names. That's because they're not in church yet. That's the kids that Scarlett is reaching. Now, she read the names of some of the kids from our church as well in that and talked about them. But she's been making contact and reaching some kids that aren't going anywhere. It's her only connection. We have the privilege of calling out the identity of our youth to help shape their faith in their future. Father, I want to thank you this morning that you have challenged us. You've spoken to our hearts. You've challenged us. You've raised the water level in our understanding. You're speaking to us, speaking to our hearts. And now I ask that you would continue to remind us day to day and week to week of the impact that we can have in this particular area of ministry. That we can be welcoming, open-hearted, prayerful, life-giving. There's so many different ways in which that can take place and that can happen. Father, I pray for the creativity of the Holy Spirit to rest upon us as a congregation as we move forward in that. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.